0: morning uh, i would like to title my sermon as discerning love can you say that with me discerning love so we keep our reference as philippians chapter 1 verses 9 through 11 philippians chapter 1 verses 9 through 11 here we see a model prayer paul is praying for the church in philippi Paul was praying sincerely, earnestly to Lord God, that this is how he wants the church to be blessed. And today, we know we pray for our churches. We pray for many other needs. But here, Paul is praying for the church in Philippi, and he is asking God, this is what I expect you to do in the church of Philippi. Now, if Paul is making this prayer... You know, I, I, I see two things happening here. If if this prayer is important for Paul, he's setting his it as a model, you know, that's the prayer God expects us to pray. Not only that, if that is the prayer that is made for a church, God expects the church to fulfill what Paul is praying there in the prayer. Are you with me this morning? Now Paul is making this prayer, so I would like to quickly outline this sermon as four steps. Number one, probably we should better read the scripture before we go there. Philippians chapter 1 verses 9 through 11. Let's read together. And this I pray that your love may abound still more and more in knowledge and all discernment. Verse 10, that you may approve the things that are excellent, that you may be sincere and without offense till the day of Christ. Verse 11 says, being filled with the fruits of righteousness, which are by Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. You know, if Paul is making this prayer, this is some, there is something which is important. Paul knew very well the church which was in Philippi. And he is making this prayer. So I'd like to outline this sermon as, you know, four steps. Number one, love needs to grow in knowledge and discernment. Can you read that with me? Love needs to grow in knowledge and discernment. Number two, you will be able to discern and choose what is the best. What is the best? Number three, live pure and blameless lives Until the day of Christ's return. That's what Paul is praying. Number four. Be filled with the fruits of righteousness. So we are just going to, you know, it's a very simple sermon format. We are just going to dwell on each topic for a few minutes. Number one. Love needs to grow in knowledge and discernment. Paul is praying for the church of Philippi saying that your love needs to grow in knowledge and in discernment he says your love towards god and your love towards other must grow now there are certain things that grow on the face of this earth a plant that grows a child that grows there are many things in our growing our income grows and paul is asking praying lord Let our love grow, love towards you and love towards others, grow in knowledge and in discernment. You know, if you talk about love, you know, there is so much we can talk about love, love of God and the love that God expects the church to show others. Love satisfies both the law and the gospel. You know, love is one common denominator from across the New Testament and the Old Testament. We know the Lord. Deuteronomy chapter 6 verse 4 says, if you can read that with me. Hear O Israel, this is what Lord God says to the children of Israel. Deuteronomy chapter 6 verse 4. Hear O Israel, he the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Verse 5. You shall love the Lord. Can you get the verse on the screen? You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul and with all your strength we know the scripture right we need how we need to love the lord we need to love the lord with all our heart with all our soul and with all our strength it's simple right and i want to read one more scripture you know we know that this is the law of the lord and if you remember what jesus jesus spoke about this law this old testament law what jesus said he said this is the great commandment and what is the great commandment love your lord god with all your heart and with all your mind with all your soul and love your neighbor as yourself you know see love is the common denominator in the old testament as well as in the new testament and how we need to love the lord you know as missionaries of god you know we always say that we are missionaries to this land this is the mission land yesterday we were seeing and when we were in great britain that was a mission land it's not part of canada anymore it's a mission land because nations are coming to the doorstep Nations are, you know, the days are going to go away. The missionaries, you know, thank God for missionaries like Pamela. You know, the the missionaries are going to different parts of the globe. But God is bringing the nations to our doorstep. You know, the responsibility is more now. If missionaries work with such a great zeal, God expects us to work with much more zeal because we have the nations in front of us. Amen? And we see... The love goes beyond the you know, limit that we think that we need to love. We need to love our family. We need to love our church. We need to love our people and the neighbors and all those kind of things. But then the Bible is very particular. I want to read the scripture. Leviticus chapter 19 verse 34. Leviticus chapter 19 verse 34. Can you read that together? The stranger who dwells among you shall be to you as one born among you. Let, let, let's pass. Can you read that again what the scripture says? The stranger who dwells among you shall be to you as one born among you. So who is born among you? Stranger, yes. Children, right? Children are born among us. Even we can say that our brothers and sisters, they are all born to our parents. So Bible is saying, God is saying, the stranger who dwells among you, is no more a stranger. You know, yesterday we were telling the students: the moment you take your air, your flight from your nation, your destiny has got changed already. Your destiny is changed, no matter what you do, where you go, what you do. The moment you took the aircraft, in the moment you landed in this nation, your destiny is already changed. The moment you 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 got the ride from the airport to your your to your house, your apartment. God had already changed the destiny it had to happen there is no other way you are not going to go to hell you are going to go to heaven because that's the reason God has brought you to this nation it's a challenge it's a challenge you know that God expects us to challenge people around us that your destiny has changed now here let's come back to the scripture the stranger who dwells among you shall be to you as one born among you and you shall love him as yourself not just the neighbor. Stranger, foreigner, sojourner. God expects us to love as ourselves. For you were strangers in the land of Egypt. I'm the Lord God who loved you. I brought you out. You are strangers. For me, you were aliens. I didn't like you. But I brought you out of Egypt. I brought you out of darkness because of the blood that was shed at the cross. And you are no more stranger now. You know, God expects us not to neglect anybody. That's the love we are talking about. And Jesus echoed the same thing, that God spoke to the children of Israel, saying that you need to love your neighbor as yourself. John chapter 15, verse 13, Bible says, John 15, 13, Greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends. Who did that? Jesus did that. He demonstrated that love, that perfect love at the cross. You know, love can go to that extreme of laying down our lives. If Jesus did that, you know what Jesus did? You know what Jesus said? Those who believe in me will do much more than what I did. God is calling the church today to lay down our lives. When the missionaries go to the mission field, there is no guarantee that they'll come back. Amen? God is expecting us to do that. That's the love. God expects in the from our lives. Now it's not a blind love. When you come back to the prayer that you know uh, Paul is praying, he is praying, saying that, and this is this I pray that your love may abound still more and more in knowledge and discernment. You know, Paul expects the love to abound, to grow in knowledge and discernment, knowledge of knowing God. You no, know, we are not just loving God blindly. We know God, we know our God You know that's the reason word of God is important How do we know God? By reading the scriptures You know that's how we know, the, know God God is here in this book God is reflecting himself in this book God's description is written in this book And more and more we read the word of God We know God and that's what Paul is praying You, you know you love knowing And you love by discernment you now god expects us to love by discerning how do we do that and you know, i was just struggling over the scripture how do we do that we are not trying to discern god we know god is god but then when we love people you know god is asking us to love with discernment can you get get that scripture again shall we read the scripture because this is the first key point aspect the rest will you know happen just easily can you get that scripture uh, philippians 1 9 to 11 it says paul says and this i pray that your love may abound still more and more in knowledge and all discernment just want to you know spend few minutes here we need to love people with discernment you know jesus said that we need to love our enemies but here paul is praying lord give us grace Wisdom to love people with discernment. You know, when people approach us, God expects us to know the intention with which people are approaching us. Amen? Yes? Am I right? God God wants us to know the intention. God wants us to know what are they trying to do to us. What is the intention behind it? You know, remember, the Bible doesn't ask us to love everybody. Jesus said in that particular context, you need to love your enemies, but then the Word of God also says, if you can read 2 John 10, verse 10 with me, 2 John, 2 John, verse 10. Let's read it together. If anyone comes to you and does not bring this doctrine, do not receive him into your house nor greet him. It's very important to whom. We show our love and affection. If you invite everybody into your house, what will happen? The house will become a mess. And God is expecting us to have discernment when we love people around us. You know, there are people, everybody is good. All the people that God created, they are all good. But not all of them listen to God. They also people, they listen to other spirits, other voices. And if we are not careful, if we start loving them, you know, love is an exchange. Do you know that? Love is an exchange. When Jesus Christ loved us, it's an exchange, is what is happening at the cross. When God the Father loved, He gave His Son, and He expects us to give our lives back to Him. It's an exchange, it's mutual. When you start loving somebody who is not operating in the same spirit, what will happen? There will be an exchange taking place, right? We need to be careful. We need to be careful. As children of God, we need to be careful. If we start loving, if we start greeting, if we start accepting, if we start receiving such people who are not really operating by the power of the Holy Spirit. There are many spirits around us today. Many ungodly spirits, they are not from God. Even you know when Paul writes, he says that there is a spirit of Antichrist is already in the world. That suddenly it's not from God. The spirit of pride is already in the world. That's not from God. Spirit of jealousy is already. Spirit of you know uh, prosperity is already in the world. It's not from God. There are many more things which are not from God. God doesn't want us to even listen to them. God doesn't want us to see them in the TV screen. We need to be very careful, discerning, to whom we listen and what do we listen, because it's an exchange. The more you incline, you know, more we incline your ears to them, more you start listening to them, there is an exchange that is happening within us that's going to affect your family for good or bad. And God wants us to love with great discernment. With great discernment. We need to be wise in this generation. Come on, children, people, children of God. We need to be wise. Bible says what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 10 verse 16. Behold can you read that with me together? Behold I send you out as sheep in the midst of wolves. Therefore be wise as serpents and harmless as doves. Be wise as serpents. Just do not fall for anything. Just do not fall for any miracle. Just do not fall for any prophecy. Just do not fall for any simple blessings. God expects us to love everybody with the discernment knowing with which spirit they operate. how do we know that with which spirit they operate that's a trick the gift of discernment that's what you're trying to say our fruit okay their fruit of their life okay a tree shall be known by its fruit so we need to discern people how do we discern we need to ask god lord Help me to discern. I mean, not, you're not trying to discern the ministers of God. Or, even, you know, person who's like sitting next to you in the office, in your workplace. You need to have that discernment. You need to know whether you need to share the gospel to them or receive the gospel from them. Sometimes it is dangerous to receive their gospel. Their gospel is according to the gospel what Jesus spoke. Their gospel is not according to the gospel that Paul preached. Their gospel is not according to the gospel that Peter's preached. If they come with some other gospel, the Bible is very clear that you don't, you don't even listen to them. You know, we need the discernment. We need the discernment in our workplace, in our steady place, and everywhere God wants us to be wise as serpents and as harmless as doubts. We need to be gentle and we need to be bold. We need to be meek and we need to be very strong. And that strength comes from God. That strength comes from the word of God. Amen. Amen. You know, God expects us to have the discernment. God wants us to discern everything. Because he says, Paul is praying for the church in Philippi. The days are ready to come. The days are coming. They will go astray. Lord. Lord. I pray that, Lord, help them to love with knowledge. They are loving God without knowing what is, who is God, without knowing what is happening in their lives. You know, God is speaking to us this morning. We need to know our God to love our God. Otherwise, your love is a fake love. God expects us to know God more and more. Without strong understanding in the word of God, we cannot love God. And God is expecting us to love. Paul was expecting the church of Philippi to love God with the discernment. But the days are going to come. They are going to listen to many more doctrines. And they are going to go away from the word of God. And Lord, help the church of Philippi that they may be filled with the discernment. They will be able to love you, Lord, with the discernment. Number two, let's move further. Paul is praying, you will be able to discern. Lord, let them be able to discern what is excellent for them. What is excellent for them? You know, as a result of discernment, we will come to know what is approved by God, what is not approved by God. Listen to me carefully. (coughs) God expects us to choose what is excellent. You know, there are many things that are good. They they seem to be good. But God is not expecting us to choose everything. God is expecting us to choose what is the best for our lives. Listen to me. There are many options available. But God is expecting us to choose the one that is needed for your life. And Paul is praying, Lord, help the church of Philippi that let them choose the right option for their lives. You know, when you look around, there are many options available. You know, even in our, in our spiritual struggles that we go through, there are many options available, you know, in terms of churches, in terms of teachings, in terms of doctrines, in terms of their style, their worship style, in terms of their preaching style, there are various things that are available. And we are not saying that this is good, that is, that's not good. But God is expecting you to choose with the discernment, knowing what will best suit for your children and your family. That's what is needed. That's what is needed. And Paul is praying to the church in Philippi. In First Corinthians, we read a beautiful scripture. First Corinthians 10, 23, Paul is saying here, can you read that to me? Let's let's read that together. All things are lawful for me, but not all things are helpful. But all things right. So Paul is saying, <coughs> All things are lawful for me. But not all things are helpful or beneficial. When Paul says all things are lawful for me, according to the law, there is nothing wrong in doing all those things, whatever he is mentioning there. But they are not helpful. They are not beneficial. And he says all things are lawful for me, but not all things build me up, not all things edify you know, at times we get into a complication. You know, Many times people ask me, Pastor, what do you say that drinking wine is wrong, right, or wrong, right? Right? Victoria is laughing. So many times we have that struggle. This is right or wrong, right? What is the answer? All things are lawful for me, right? Sometimes we may quote the scripture, you know, Paul wrote Timothy saying that it's better to add a little wine, you know you for your good health and wine helps is it is it good for health oh, you're very careful now say yes or no right you're very careful now depends on how much you take right i don't want to create more trouble here right let's move further <laughs> we are pentecostals right so, <laughs> so all things are lawful for me but then all things are not really helping not beneficial Paul is asking us, just do not go by what is right, wrong. Choose what is required for you. Choose what is right to do according to you between your conscience and God. Even though they are good, the law is not forbidding those things. But still you need to be careful. Not all of them are edify? Watching this video is good or not, this movie is good or not. Is it edifying you? Is it building you up? Is it helping you to your faith to be built? You know, you need to ask those questions. Because Paul is saying that you need to apply discernment and you need to choose the best, the excellent. Because if you don't choose the excellent, don't choose the best things of God has given your life. If other things, you may, they may appear to be good, but eventually you will go to a decline. Because that's not that what God wants you to do. I believe, you know, God is speaking to you. You know what I'm talking about. I don't know, but you know what I'm talking about. There are something that we think that it is okay to do, but then, you know, they are not building you up. They are not edifying you. So if we continue to do those things, what does it mean? Even though they are not sin right now, it will eventually lead to sin. That's what it means. We are okay? Yeah. So we don't allow any, everything inside of us. Just want to help you with here with uh, you know, one more scripture. Philippians 4.8. Paul says again. Let's read together. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lo- lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy meditate on these things now there are many things which are good feel like we are good and dream about those things and think about those things which you may not be a blessing right now but then you may be expecting for those things but paul is saying that it may not be worth enough it's not worth enough to think about those things But think about those things which are noble, which are just, which are pure, which are holy, and which are lovely, and which are of good report. Meditate on those things. They will help you. They will help you. Let's move further. Number three. Paul is praying that Lord, help them to have discernment and knowledge when they love you and they love their neighbors. Lord, help them to choose the best thing for their lives. The excellent one. Number three, he's saying that Lord, help them to live pure and blameless lives until the day of Christ's return. You know, for children of God, this is something which is very, very important. Christian life is not just for a few days. It's lifelong. And you know, I remember the days, you know, when, when I was a new believer, newborn, around the age of 18, I used to get excited about so many things. I want to do this, I want to run here, I want to do this, I want to do that. You know, Every time my dad gives me one piece of advice, he doesn't encourage me to do a lot of things, but he gives me one piece of advice, you need to slow down. He doesn't say that way, but he says that Christian life is not just for a few days. It's lifelong. You need to run such a way that you will run till you die. So don't get excited for just you know, jump into something. Just wait. Just wait. You know, some of us are having that nature. We just want to do something. We find something good. You know, we want to do that. We want to jump into that. We want to do that. No matter whether it's God's will or not God's will. Whether God wants me to do it or not. God doesn't want me to do it. But God is saying, it's not just for a few days. It's lifelong. We need to keep ourselves blameless. You need to live a pure life and blameless lives until the day of Christ's return. We don't know when. Maybe it may be in our lifetime or may it not be in our lifetime. So until that point of time, God wants us to run. Acts chapter 23 verse 1 says, Acts chapter 23 verse 1, Paul is saying again, the Paul Then Paul, looking earnestly at the council, said, Men and brethren, I have lived in all good conscience before God until this day. Living a life that is blameless. And God wants us to say that in our lives. We'll be able to say that in our lives at some point of time. I'm having a blameless life before God. And in Acts chapter 20, 24 verse 16, Paul saying again, This being so, I myself always tried to have a conscience without offense towards God and men. This is tough. This is tough. And God wants us to have such a life Until the day of Christ's return, and we need to be careful, not to give offense to one and not to take offense. God wants us to settle those things then and there. May it be in our family, may it be with spouses, between spouses. For spouses, God expects us to settle those things. We need to be careful till the day of Christ. the desire of christ is this is what the desire of christ let's read chapter ephesians chapter 5 verse 27 that jesus might present the church to god the father a glorious church can you read that again that jesus he refers to jesus might present the church to god the father as a glorious church not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing but that she should be holy and without blemish. Those who got married, we all remember the day when you got married, right? And we all remember the time when you were sitting in, in front of the beautician, right? Every spot should be taken out. It may not be taken out. It has to be? What do you say? Coward. Coward. okay. Because you need to be presented as a spot-free, wrinkle-free and you need to be presented to your bridegroom in such a good fashion. That's the expectation of a bride. She can do anything for that. Right? She's willing to spend so much because that's important. I, I believe the days have gone now. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> looks out of context in you know, certain times. Right? Anyway, that's what scripture says. Still we struggle. Still we struggle to do that. And that's the expectation of Christ. He's working in our lives so that he wants to present our lives as a spot-free, wrinkle-free bride to the bridegroom. Amen. Amen? Amen? You know, Paul is struggling in his life to teach them, you know, this is what I want you to do. This is how I want you to be. And Christ is working in our lives to present the believers before god's presence jude chapter 20 sorry verse 24 we read that we read the scripture jude chapter verse 24 now to him can you read that with me now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present your faultless before you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy you know god is working hard in all of our lives and paul is praying paul is praying lord help the church in philippi lord number four Paul is praying that be filled with the spirit of righteousness or fruit of fruits of righteousness. The Righteousness or righteous characters are produced by Lord God in our lives. You know, when we abide in Christ, the benefit, the result is righteous characters in our lives. You know, our characters, our righteousness is the only fruit that is visible to people outside. People don't know our devotion to God. People do not see our prayer and our fasting. They don't see those things. They are happening inside. But what people see outside is our characters. Our good things, our bad things, are ugly and good and all those combination is what people see outside. And Paul is praying, Lord. Paul is not praying that, Lord, fill them with the Holy Spirit. No, he's not praying that. He's praying, Lord, be filled, let them be filled with fruits of righteousness, the evidences of God working in our lives. You know, that's what is the fruit of, fruits of righteousness. The evidence of God working inwardly in our lives. Only the fruit is, as I said, it's visible to others. And how do we do it? Very simple, John, uh, John writes this in John chapter 15 verse 4. Can you read that with me? This is how we can do it. Abide. In me Jesus is saying this abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine neither can you unless you abide in me how can we bring the fruit of righteousness fruits of righteousness by abiding in Christ what does it mean to say that abide in Christ he says without me you can do nothing totally depending on God for everything Not depending on our strength, not depending on our ability, God expects us to. You know, that's the reason God takes us through brokenness at times. God allows certain things to come in our lives because God wants us to depend on him completely. And every time, every minute, it is important that we need to depend on God because we are working against the principalities and powers of darkness. Even though you are a child of God, you are not doing anything for God. You are just coming to church on Sunday morning and going home. The devil is afraid of you. Do you know that? because you are a child of God you carry the presence of God you carry the light because into the darkness of this world and the devil is afraid of you so how much more it is important for us to depend on him depend on Christ it's a beautiful scripture as the branches abide in the stem God wants us to abide in him abide in him trust in him not trusting on our own strength not trusting on people But God expects us to abide in him. You know, these are the four different prayers that Paul is praying. Just to summarize here, Paul is saying that love needs to grow in knowledge and discernment. And then he prays, you will be able to discern and choose what is excellent and what is the best for your lives. And he says that live pure and blameless lives until the day of Christ's return. And finally, he says that be filled with the fruits of righteousness that comes ourselves as abiding in Christ. Shall we all stand for a moment as we close?